the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to this KGNW broadcast special, Heart of the City. Pastors, ministry leaders, and churches have received a call to serve their communities with the love and compassion of Christ. The call is from God's heart to the Heart of the City. Well, this is Heart of the City. I'm Chuck Olmstead, the Director of Local Ministry Development for 820 AM The Word. I always enjoy this time each week with you because we get to hear the stories of Christian men and women who have come to faith in Jesus, who have, uh, uh, out of that then, have uh, experienced the faithfulness of God, and then out of that, um, many times, vocationally, they've chosen to serve the Lord in some really interesting uh, vocations. And uh, today, I have a special guest. His name is Gary Randall, and uh, he's been uh, on radio and television for more than 25 years and has a, has a wonderful story to tell. Gary, welcome to Heart of the City. Thank you, Chuck. It's great to be here. Well, I know many of our, our uh, Puget Sound listeners may recognize your name because you have um, uh, worked as a pastor and, and have been a youth pastor and also worked at, uh, at SPU. Uh, uh, tell me a little bit about some of the places you've been here in the Puget Sound area. Well, we've been a number of places. In fact, I was just thinking, Chuck, you, even as you were saying hello and signing on the, on the air, I was thinking of the first church that I ever pastored was in Ballard, and uh, it was a wonderful experience, uh, but I went there with this idea. I was very young, won't tell you how young, probably too young to be pastoring a church, <laughs> not really, but I went there with this idea that I was going to reach Seattle for Christ, hmm. and um, not everybody in that church, although I love them and some of them listen to 820, I love you, but not everybody shared my vision. And I was out trying to bring in all these people and get them into this church that seated 120 people. And um, not everybody was all that excited. They tolerated me, but they didn't necessarily join me in it. Later, someone said to me, they said, you know, Gary, we thought our church was pretty good. And why are you trying to change it and bring in all these other people? and get them saved. <laughs> so that was my first wake-up call. I grew mm -hmm. up in a home that was deeply committed to the church. My dad was never a pastor, but always a deacon or elder in the couple of churches that we attended over my young lifetime. And and was, that in, that, uh, was that in the Seattle area? Yeah, well, no, it wasn't. I was born and raised in Yakima. And, uh, in fact, I was born on Yakima Avenue. It's now a car practic clinic, and uh, some of my friends in Yakima still kid me about it, but uh, it was a birthing center a while ago when I was born, and uh, it's still there, though, but I was born there and raised uh, in an apple orchard, actually in the lower valley, just south of Union Gap there in into that area, And but Yakima's my home, and my wife and I both grew up there and grew up in the same church, and so that's our background, and she and I got married in First thing we did, we moved to Bellevue. 
Yeah. Well, so tell me a little bit more about that experience. You said your mom and dad attended church, so obviously that was part of the family um, atmosphere. That was part of what you grew up with. Oh, it is. My, In fact, my far deep into our our family on both sides, really, my, my wife's and mine on my mother's and father's side, were Christians. They were deeply committed, and several of my uncles uh, were. They've now passed away, but they were pastors in here in Washington State. And um, I, my family was, were pretty much all Christians. They're scattered all over Washington State, a few in Oregon, mostly in Washington. And um, almost all of them are Christians or were those who have passed on, but uh, grew up in a very strong Christian environment and uh, generations of pastors and church, very faithful church attenders and people who were evangelical, born-again Christians. So that was the environment in which I grew up. But I didn't always just embrace that. I didn't rebel outside the church so much, but I did a little bit inside the church as a kid growing up. So, what did that look like? Well, what it looked like was I grew up in a very uh, a very, a very strong evangelical, very, uh, it was wonderful. Uh, but there were a lot of things that were sin. And I didn't think bowling was sin <laughs> and some of the other things at mm-hmm. that time. Mm-hmm. And a, a couple of other things, but you understand and your right. listeners will understand. So anyway, I, I didn't really rebel. Some of my friends really rebelled, and it was some of them really tragically uh, so came to a bad end. I mean, they got killed. One of my friends I grew up with in church kind of rebelled a little bit and got to drinking and was killed in an automobile accident, mm-hmm. some things like that. I was, I was, my rebellion was within, and I thought, and people would say, Gary, you know, I think God's going to use you as a pastor. Man, I did not only didn't want to be a pastor, I didn't even want to be in that Bible study on Tuesday night. <laughs> yeah. But I would say, oh, really? And so it was kind of an internal rebellion more than an external. I did not get out and get into some stuff that I could have, but by the grace of God, I did not. But I grew up in that atmosphere. But there was a point where I, as an individual, came to grips with reality. And something I'd probably known most of my life, in the back of my mind, I knew that God was indeed calling me to, into the ministry. And it was a it was a profound experience. And I can remember it at this moment as though it were yesterday. And it was a long time ago. Well, you you bring up a, an interesting point that some people who didn't grow up in the church um, may may not understand. I grew up in a in a evangelical church much like you. But there was that inward rebellion that I experienced myself and and uh you know just because we attend church doesn't mean we're a Christian and that we're on our way to heaven. There there is that and really rebellion is that inward rebellion, isn't it, within all of us that oh, we are absolutely. rebelling against the Lord. And we're wanting to do our own thing, our own way, and make our own decisions. So what uh, what transpired for you to make you realize that you needed to submit your life fully to Christ? Well, it, was, it wasn't a crisis in my life, although often God uses crises to difficulties. People hit the bottom, and they look up, as Billy Graham has said, and— um, that wasn't my experience. Uh, things were going along fairly well, and I was in the church and active and very active in music and, and so on. But I just, I never really, 
I was saved. I had accepted Christ, but I, I just didn't really engage and embrace that relationship as I would later. There was a, some special meetings in our church. It was They used to call them a revival a long time ago. Mm-hmm. But anyway, this speaker was there, and they were speaking about various things. And one night they were speaking about commitment, and I, I found myself wondering not if I was committed, but why I wasn't committed. Hmm. Sitting there, and my whole life was pretty much rooted in the church socially and otherwise. In fact, as I said, my wife and I grew up together in the church and got married, and my parents and her parents were friends when they were teenagers, and our grandparents were friends back way back. So that was our life, but I wasn't really engaged. I was just going through the motions, kind of, and not really objecting to the motions, just doing it. But I found myself sitting there thinking, why am I not engaged? Why haven't I really embraced my faith in Christ and and this wonderful thing that's happened to me? I've been delivered from drugs and all of these things that I never did. Mm -hmm. And and it occurred to me, and all of a sudden, even now, it's a little bit emotional, Chuck. I'm surprised, I got to tell you. I said to myself, I said, man, what's the matter with me? And God, just sitting in my home church, not in a crisis in my life at all, but God began to deal in my heart, and I was broken Mm -hmm. that night. And the speaker says, you know, if there's anyone, they didn't know me from Adam, but they said, everybody else in the church did, of course, and it was a church of several hundred uh, people. It wasn't a, a mega church, but it was not a small church. And um, ask if anyone was there that would really wanted to commit their lives to Christ and be open to his using them and so on. Boy, I found myself going up to the altar and everybody, of course, saw there goes Gary. And um, God did a marvelous work in my life that night. I, I can't adequately express what I experienced that night. I was I was a Christian but I had not had that kind of a profound, just transformational experience as far as my life, God's purposes in my life, and so on. So that was really a turning point. I have never forgotten it. Hmm. How old were you? I was 21. Wow. You know what? That's that's God's faithfulness in your life, isn't it? It is. Where where he he knows the heart of a man, he knows the heart of a woman, he knows what's deeply going on in, in your life, and he knew that he needed to touch Gary in a powerful way to uh, to to challenge you because that rebellion in some ways was still there. Oh, of course it was there. It's in all of us. Yeah, that's that's the carnal nature of man. I mean, we tend to rebel against God. The closer we get to God, or the closer God comes to us, we tend to push back until we surrender and really make Him the Lord mm-hmm. of our lives. You might be interested in this note, just parallel to what we're talking about. I was speaking at a um, a mission convention a few years ago. No, well, it's a number of years ago, uh, but it was in North Carolina. It was a very large church. And uh, the pastor, their service is on television back there every Sunday morning. And and uh, the pastor wanted me to be on their program and be interviewed and so on, on their TV show. So I, I was, and I went down there. And of course, I had a lot of experience doing Christian television. And so it was not a problem for me. But the guy that was interviewing me, he said just like three minutes before we went on the air, 
He said, by the way, he said, what I'd like you to do is share your testimony today. And I said, oh, yeah, that's no problem. He said, would you tell, just explain to the to the viewers how Christ delivered you from drugs or alcohol or immorality or whatever it is that you you know were involved in as a young man. He said, I'm sorry we didn't have more time to talk. And they were counting him down, you know, five, four, three, two, one, and boom, we're on yeah. the air on television. So he looks at me and he welcomes the crowd and he says, Gary Randall's here from the West Coast. And he's guy was in the in a church in North Hollywood, California at the time. And he said, Gary Randall's here from North Hollywood, California. And he's going to share how God has delivered him from, you know, a life of sin or whatever he said. And so there I am. And I thought, well, should I make up something or shall I just tell the truth? <laughs> yeah. And so I said, you know, God has delivered me from drugs and alcohol. And I went through this list. And then I said, he al- he never allowed me to get into it in the first mm-hmm. place. And I told them then what I just told you a moment yeah. ago. The guy, I he at first he was holding his breath. He thought he had a problem and we were live. And uh, then he realized that, it was going to come out okay. Yeah but, yeah. but God kept me from that. I'm thankful for that. Well, and that is that is the uh, well, I got to believe that's the faithfulness of God and the faithfulness of your of a of a praying mother and father. <laughs> oh, it is. It <laughs> that is. that helps keep uh, I think of the same thing, uh, Gary, that you know, those of us that grew up in the church where our behaviors may have been modified by the atmosphere, yet our hearts were still rebellious in many ways, yet there is a a blessing that took place where you didn't go down those paths of sin that can leave marks and scars in in life that that are hard, well, that can't be erased, that can be forgiven, certainly, but but that are still there. Yet he did deliver you from from those those things, and he he then, and then he gave you a clean heart and a renewed spirit. Absolutely. Indeed. So what happened after that? You're 21, you have a, a renewed, uh, a commitment to the Lord, and uh, so what happens next? Well, I'm in college. My wife and I decided to get married. As I said, we'd known each other a long time, and um, I felt the call of, of God on my heart, and I knew then that I should be and would be giving my life to ministry. Whatever you know, whatever kind of ministry the Lord would lead me to, I was very open to that. What I knew when I thought of ministry, you think generally, particularly if you've grown up in church, you think of a pastor. But um, anyway, we moved to, uh, we'd just gotten married, and we moved to Seattle to, to Bellevue, actually, to Kirkland and then to Bellevue. And um, I went on to, to college in um, there in, in Seattle in, in on the east side, and then went from there into the ministry. I was a youth pastor for 11 years, a music pastor, part of those years as well in some larger churches. Some of the churches were getting larger in those days. And and so I was that, ended up in North Hollywood, California, in a very, very large church there, a very influential church in Los Angeles. And um, we had, a, a, I feel, a significant ministry. It was a learning ministry for me. It was a very fruitful ministry. We are still in touch with some of the kids that were in our youth group then they're old now (laughs) but uh anyway it was it was a tremendous time and i was very involved in the music and youth there and then ultimately as kind of the assistant uh to the senior pastor over all the ministries but it was a it was a meaningful time we we were there and then we found ourselves moving back to the northwest because i had gotten involved in building churches out of that church in north hollywood 
building churches all over the world and starting churches. And it started out as just a one-off summer shot. And I took about 20 college, 25 college kids with me. We went to Samoa and built a church in the jungle. And uh, we were written up by Associated Press, wrote a national story. And it, the story was run in newspapers all across the country. Number one, because of the church we were from. And number two, because the kids were from Hollywood, they were living in the jungle. And this a journalist found that very, very interesting, to <laughs> yeah. say the least. And so that sort of launched, and people started contacting us or contacting the church and saying, well, hey, I'll, I'd like to give $20,000. Where can I build a church? And we'd say, yeah, send the money, and we'll do it. And we'd give all the money to the project. And it just evolved, and we ended up building 143 churches uh, in third world countries and several medical centers, a couple of schools, and so that pretty much consumed my life for a number of years. And it, finally, I gave myself full time to it uh, for a number of years. And it just sort of was a natural transition. And then I came back to pastoring after that. Hmm. You're listening to Heart of the City. I'm Chuck Olmstead, the director of local ministry development. And my guest today is Gary Randall. And uh, you can find out more about Gary and his ministry at faithandfreedom.us. Well, Gary, we have about uh, seven minutes left here as we're sharing your story. How did you get involved in radio and television? To be honest with you, I've always had an interest in, uh, in, in radio in particular. Uh, and I think it's I have a renewed interest in it today, but... The first, my first encounter with radio was after I had first given my, really given my heart, my life to Christ in the way that I described a few minutes ago. And I thought, well, I'll start by having a, a weekly radio program in the Yakima Valley. And I was on a station and I was trying to remember the call letters of that station. I'm, I'm sure they've been changed now. But anyway, I did a little program. It wasn't it wasn't great, Chuck. It wasn't anything you guys would air on 8.20 a.m., I will tell you that. <laughs> but nonetheless, it was well-intended. And so I did a little thing for, I don't know, several months there on Saturday, I think it was, or Sunday. It was just a little program where I was kind of talking and one thing or another. But that was my first encounter. But I've always recognized the power of the media, particularly for the kingdom of God. And so I had a real interest in that. Some years later, skipping over fast forward past some of the things we talked about here. I moved to Portland, Oregon. I pastored a church there. It was very successful. But prior to that, prior to that, I was just completing my tour of building these churches all over the world when KOIN TV, Channel 6 in Portland, CBS affiliate, called me one day. I had an office in Portland, and we were building this in in conjunction with and in relation with several denominations that had missionaries in place all over the world. And I got this call from the the manager, the station manager of, of KOIN-TV, Channel 6, uh, the CBS affiliate in Portland. He said, Gary Randall, he said, I'm, his name was Howard Kennedy. He said, I'm, this is Howard Kennedy. He said, we haven't met, but he said, I'm aware of you. I've heard you speak a couple of times. He said, been very intrigued. And I thought, well, he must be a Christian. Well, as it turned out, he wasn't at all. He didn't profess to be, really didn't want to be a Christian. Hmm. But he said, I'm really interested in, in you. And he said, we're kind of thinking about um, starting a kind of a, some kind of an inspirational program here at Coin TV. He said, would, would you meet with us and talk to us about it? And I said, sure. 
I honestly thought, Chuck, that I was going there to meet with he and the general manager of the station to talk about which religious broadcaster would be the best <laughs> to put on their television station. Honestly, I did. That's how, uh, anyway, I yeah. go there, I go in, we sit down, we, we talk a little bit, and they ask me questions about, you know, well, now you've built churches here and there and so on. And yes, yes, yes. And so I'm thinking, boy, who should I, I was praying, I said, God, you know, quietly, just help me to give them the right, you know, counsel here. I, I was thinking of, you know, the guys that were on then, and that was a while ago, and so I, not as many were on television then, religious mm -hmm. guys as there are now, and I was thinking all the names were going, you know, Billy Graham, and I was thinking of every, or Robert, I mean, I was thinking of all these guys, and all of a sudden, I, I'm listening, and they're saying, and we really think that you could do this, huh. and I, I sort of tuned back in, and I said, you mean me do a program, and they go, yeah, and I said, well, they said, we, you know, we'd like you to do inspirational. We know where you're coming from. We understand what you believe. We don't necessarily agree with you, but we understand where you're coming from, and we think there's a place for it on television. This is in 1978. Mm -hmm. And, I, Chuck, I looked at him, and I said, sure, I can do that. And uh, they said, well, let's sign a contract. They wrote a contract that day, and I signed it. And one month later, I started a daily television program interviewing guests and giving my own commentary that was on every day, weekday, for 12 years. Wow. And it, it's, as far as I know, and, and they and others now, it's the only major market network affiliate that's ever produced its own Christian yeah. television program. And therefore, we went out to all of the CBS affiliates in all the major markets all over the country. Uh, except Seattle, we were on. I was on Q13. It wasn't Fox then; it was something else. But in Seattle, but we were in Denver and Minneapolis and Miami and all over the place. It was just an amazing thing. And I never was a television guy, but that's the way God works sometimes. And when it was over, it was over. Twelve years every wow. day. That's how I got into it. Well, we've got a couple minutes remaining. Now you're doing a daily radio broadcast on the American Christian Network, which is heard um, basically on the east side of the state over in Spokane and Yakima yes. and Moses Lake and some of those areas over there. Tell me a little bit about Straight Talk. Well, now that I'm retired... <clears throat> um, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I, I do this program every day. Tom Reed put an arm on me, and I know he's a friend of yours. He put a little arm on me here... I, about three years ago, and he said, um, he said, have you ever considered? And I said, no, not really. And anyway, um, again, God works in interesting ways sometimes. But I really felt that the Lord spoke to my heart to do this. So we do a live program every uh, morning, live at 9 a.m. And um, I, I got to tell you, the response is, I expected a response. Um, I felt the Lord was leading me to do that, and I expected there would be a response, but it has exceeded any expectation I had. So I am so grateful for it. And we're speaking to the issues of looking at the culture and what's happening in the culture today in through a biblical worldview or through a biblical lens. A lot of people know what's going on. In fact, a lot of Christians want to withdraw. They don't want to hear any more news because it's awful. Things are not well in our world today. But when we look at it through a biblical worldview... The things that are happening today, like this very day, then it begins to make sense. And at least we can be informed 
without being discouraged and kind of overcome with the you know the events of of our of our lives and uh, in our culture so that's what i'm doing today and there's i'm finding a real need for that and people are very responsive to it well those of us that that enjoy media and those that watch media if, if people are concerned about our country and our culture there is a lot of confusion out there, isn't there? I mean, you well, just you just watch. I mean, there are times when I'm working out in the gym, and I, you know, you you see Fox News, and then you might the next TV may have CNN News on, and you see two totally opposite uh, views of the world and what's happening in the world and why things are happening, and so people oftentimes are confused, but they really do need hope. They and do. and that's where you have had the opportunity to share hope through Jesus Christ. Absolutely. God is in control. Amen. Well, Gary, thank you for joining me today on Heart of the City. If you want to know more about what Gary's doing through the, the program Straight Talk, you can go to faithandfreedom.us. Gary, thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Jim. You've been listening to this KGNW special, Heart of the City. For more information about how your pastor or ministry can be featured on 820 AM The Word, call Chuck Olmstead at 206-269-6216 or go to 820amtheword.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.